Are you an entrepreneur looking to scale your venture? Do you have ideas on how to take Canadian entrepreneurship to new heights? Join more than 2,000 entrepreneurs, investors, industry, and government leaders in Ottawa on October 19th at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Keynotes, workshops, hackathons, startup, scale-up, and skill stages, growth partner zones, and a mentor genius zone. Get plugged into the Canadian entrepreneurship community in one place, all in one day. Scale your startup and have your say through the most influential and high-impact event in Canada's entrepreneurship community. Get your tickets today to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill on October 19th. For more information, visit startupday.ca. The Startup Canada Awards recognizes excellence in Canada's entrepreneurship community. This year, we invite you to join us at one of six regional celebrations across Canada. Join us in Ottawa on August 24th, Montreal on September 12th, Kamloops September 15th, Fredericton on September 17th, Whitehorse on September 19th, and Edmonton on September 21st. And join us at the grand finale in Ottawa on October 19th as part of the Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Come celebrate alongside the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and get your tickets now. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. sharing the journey of real Canadian changemakers and the impact they have on the world we live in. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and changemakers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett. If you're looking to access the best-in-class mastermind group, then I invite you to join my own rockstar mastermind. We teach people how to learn and build a successful company from scratch. Visit therockstarmastermind.com for more information. Okay, we are thrilled to have a Canadian icon on our show today, George Strombolopoulos. George is the face of Canadian pop culture and media. He's interviewed some of the world's most legendary musicians and top newsmakers, including Will Ferrell. That must have been great. Against me, front woman Laura Jane Grace and the tragically hip score Downey. <laughs> Over his 20-year career, George has introduced 
introduced thousands of Canadians to new beats, sounds, and stories as a much music VJ in the early 2000s. I was there. He indeed was epic. And most recently as the host of the Strombo Show and George Strombolopoulos Tonight. His latest gig, House of Strombo, features a big name concert series that airs on Apple Music and CBC Radio 2. He's championing environmentalism and social change. And as an advocate for the UN's World Food Program, Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund, and Canada for Haiti, just to name a few. Today's podcast, The Interviewer Becomes Interviewee. <laughs> I love it. Roles are reversed. We're going to talk to George about innovation within media and business lessons, how his career has mixed business, broadcasting, and social impact. Well, look, um, we, uh, we, you know, we like to take people to the end of our show, uh, to begin our show. And, you know, what, what are some of the things, uh, maybe one or two things that you're hoping that, that our listeners are going to take away from our talk today from coast to coast? You know, I don't know, except, you know, everybody receives information and, and content so differently than, than other people. So I'm not exactly sure what they're going to take away. But what I do hope <laughs> is people um, just realize that you can do it. You know, whatever. Not everything's going right to work. On. Not everything has to work. If you can remove ego from the equation and just focus on your creativity and maybe a, a whole bunch of drive you can pull off quite a few things. And I think uh, over the course of my career, I've been lucky enough to either do it or, uh, or interview people who have done it. And that's a, a generally, that's a, that's a universal theme, you know, fear, is. fear drives so many people's daily lives. Um, and it's okay to be afraid of things, but you know, fear, if it turns into inaction or some version of paralysis, you know, uh, you, then you're screwing yourself. And uh, that's not how I operate. Yeah, right on. Many I interview don't well, operate. I, I read a quote, interesting, and, and, I, and I didn't know that was going to be your answer today, but I read a quote today, and I'm a big quote guy, and, and it says, uh, here's where I hope you I hope you face and, and conquer your fears every single day of your life. Can you imagine how, how epic that would be to be able to do that? So I love that that theme's there. And you're right, it is a common theme. Do you find that, do you, th- do you think the Canadians more and more these days are starting to do that, you know, being the polite, conservative type of society that we typically have been known for? Yeah, do I think we're being more fearful or less fearful? I think that um, less fearful. You know, I think that certainly this uh, the different generations are uh, have different ways of handling their own reality. So certainly Canada is opening up and Canada is creative. You hit on the right word though, conservative. This is a very conservative country, and I know yes. I you know I don't know what it's like for every uh, business in their startup phase, but I know in my line of work, the the creative and the media side. It's a very challenging country to try to do things because um, the common refrain you hear here uh, or refrains are why something wouldn't work. This is not a place that historically support, mm. supports its own. In fact, we're kind of very British in that respect. That Canadians, you know, will pick a couple of things they support, but don't you dare get too big and don't you dare <laughs> and don't you dare challenge us, right? Canadians like it at least historically in the media have liked somebody to pick a lane and stay in it. Uh, I, yeah. I have refused to be that guy and will never be that guy. And I think I have a, uh, luckily I'm, 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 I'm happy <laughs> because I, I, I try <laughs> to scratch the itches that I have. But in this, in this landscape, Canada has never been a very progressive, uh, or even very welcoming country, uh, when it comes to creativity. So I don't know what it's like from the people you interview in the startup phase, but of course, you know, there's great, you know, companies like Endy, the mattress company out of here, uh, out of Toronto. These guys just, you know, these guys came from, you know, uh, the tech world and decided to get into this mattress game, this mattress by mail and online ordering service, which just seems crazy, but they're building it. And, yeah. But it's working. So I think in lots of lines of work, it certainly um, is, is loosening up, but not in the media as much. Yeah, well, and, and it's, it's it's interesting you say that about the uh, the loosening up because the, you talked about how many you know the people that I get to interview and I've been fortunate to interview in the three years that we've been doing this podcast show you know well over a hundred and uh, what's what's interesting to play out of that is that there are some amazing amazing epic out of the box non fearful type of uh, businesses that are happening that nobody really knows about because we just don't want to talk about it so I love that you referenced that point. 
Yeah, like I, I'm, um, I'm that kind of Canadian. That's I, like I love being from Canada, and of course, it's a huge right. part of my identity. But I'm not that kind of Canadian um, who is just like, oh my gosh, we're so great because we're not. We we, yeah. we need to be better supporters of each other. Um, but it's just not who we are yet, and I think it's because we're it's a very young country. But oh, look at me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to quote the other great Canadian, he, uh, Bruce Coburn. I'm just going to keep kicking out the darkness till it bleeds daylight. You know. <laughs> Love it, love it. Well, look, your latest project is 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 an out of the box approach to broadcasting, and you've heard uh, that you've actually pursued in the past. Can you can you tell us about the House of Strumbo? Yeah, so basically, uh, it's an extension of what uh, the radio show that I've been doing on CBC Radio Two for a long time, which is uh, you know playing music, and so we would. Um, you know, we would have essentially artists come into the uh, to CBC, and they would do our show, the TV show. Uh, but we'd also, I, I had this little broom closet set aside by uh, our, our area where we were making the talk show, and it was actually a broom closet. It was um, this nice. crazy tight little space, and artists would come in, and we would uh, we would do an interview, and they would play, you know, members of the Tragically Hip, members of the Queens of the Stone Age, against me, all these cool bands would pop by, you know, the great Pete Rock. Um, a great hip hop artist. So many have come by John Desmond from the doors and they would all pile into this little closet. And, um, and then when I left the talk show and went on to do hockey, I didn't want to keep doing the radio show in a broom closet. So I thought, well, why don't we just move it to my house? Cause I hate the commute anyway, even though I live nice. four, 45 seconds away from the station. Um, I thought that, uh, where media was going, it was still so sanitary, so sterile. And I wanted to kind of bring a little bit of a, a warmer vibe and a bit more of that kind of edgy vibe to it. So I thought, well, screw it. I'll just bring it to my house. And what's happened is we started to get a lot of bands that would come in. A lot of artists would come in to be interviewed. And then they started to you know, bring their acoustic guitar and they would play a little bit. And then someone was like, well, why don't we play more and maybe bring the whole band? And it's like, okay, let's make the whole band play. And then suddenly it grew and grew and grew. And we thought, <laughs> well, why don't we just do a show? And, uh, yeah. and it kind of grew very organically. It's really important to me to, because I'm a pretty reckless guy and I'm very, uh, I'll just make a decision and do something without always thinking it through. Cause I don't really, mm, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I don't really, like, I understand why it's important to think things through, but I'm a big believer. Just go for it. Uh, it doesn't, right. al it doesn't always work. The key to that is that failure doesn't set me back. I don't worry about failure is not a thing for me. If things don't work, I don't care, but um, I prefer them to work, but if they don't, I don't really care. And uh, I think that um, that that kind of attitude has sort of, you know, gotten me through it. But I'll, what I really do care about is making sure we understand what we are doing as a team. And I have a really great team, and we all wanted to understand to our core, you know, like on a cellular level, what is it we are trying to accomplish? And we don't really have the answer to that question um, because it's new. So we just started to try a bunch of different things out with no major end goal in mind. It was just we thought it would be cool and kind of fun yeah. to do. And then it kind of grew and grew. And then one day I said, you know, I want to do something like this. And then Vanessa, who takes all the photographs for the show, said to me one day, he goes, you know, you keep saying you want to do it, but you never do it. And I'm like, fine, let's do it. And then we just did it. And then we did another one and then another one. And slowly it kind of grew into something that there were other partners that wanted to be involved with this in, and that's how we uh, we were very lucky to work with Apple Music on this House Strombo show um, because they saw it build organically as well. And because I worked at Much Music for so many years and I worked, you know, at CBC and I worked previously in radio playing music, I have a long history right. telling these kinds of stories. So it wasn't new to me, but the execution of it was different. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we, we, we got something close to what we were hoping for. You've, you've had a long career and of course that would open up some, some very interesting doors for you. Whereas other people might take a while to have those doors open. You just referenced Apple music for, for a startup entrepreneur, for someone that, you know, loves to be in the field that you're in right now, how would you suggest they start to make those connections, make those, you know, open, start to open those doors to, you know, Apple music. Is it, it's, I, I got to think it's easier today than it's ever been to do something like that. I think in a lot of ways it is. Um, uh, the, the challenge in today is that more and more people are trying to do it. So you're, you know, there was a time when it was very difficult to get into broadcasting, but not that many people thought they could get into broadcasting, right? So it was difficult, but who you're up against, you know, that number wasn't as big as it is today. Now everybody wants to be in a startup game, or many do. Um, and so everybody's out there hustling, trying to raise money. Everybody's looking to make the next thing that they can get investors and then get bought out by some bigger company. So you have, mm -hmm. de you definitely have those things. I I'll tell you this, from my perspective, and I can't speak for every entrepreneur because I know lots of cats who've made a lot of money working on products they don't know anything about. They just learn it. And, they, and to them, what they like is the business, right? 
See, for yeah, me, the yeah. business was never as interesting as the thing. So my advice to people is know what the hell you're talking about. Know what you want to do. Know what you're about. Because people generally want to invest in you. So yes, they want to invest in an idea, but they also want to invest in the people. And if you can establish yourself as somebody worth investing in, not just as a financial bet, but as somebody who can bring something else to their company, then they're going to get you in. Like I know that the Apple Music deal, the three or four key players in that deal, we've all known each other a long time, like a long time. And we all worked at different companies, but we all have the same thing in common, which is that we love music. And we think people should have access to music in a lot of different ways. So when they saw what we were doing, like we didn't take this show out to them and try to sell it to them. That wasn't how this, this worked out. We are actually, right. we are actually down the road negotiating with another um, platform to take this show. <laughs> you know, but then I, but then I met with Apple on something else and you know, our team, we just sort of realized how much we like them and how much we trust them, how, how far back we go. So we just thought, hell, let's just, let's just see what happens. And then it kind of built, but the, but the, that, you know, that, that, that thing that was always true was we cared about the pro like we cared about the thing, the music. It was always, so right. my, my suggestion to anybody is you care about something, be passionate about something and throw yourself into it. Chances are you're going to become successful if you're good at something and chances are, if you're good at it, you love it. Right. And yeah, I, that's key. And, and be consistent with it too. That's the other thing that yeah. there's a common theme is you got to, you can't just kind of, it's not the overnight success that everybody thinks it's going to oh, be. Oh man, if you think about this, like this is where, you know, so we're approaching, we're in midsummer of 2017, right? So my first on-air gig was in December of 1992. And <laughs> that's 25 years ago, this December, that a guy that I knew, so I was at Humber College uh, in Toronto for radio. And I was, right. I was working at the Woodbine Center, which was a mall around the corner. I, was, I had three jobs. I was working as a movie theater usher. I worked at a sandwich shop where I'd make subs. And I would also, on the weekends, drive a forklift at the airport, unloading airplane canisters. <laughs> this, these are my three jobs right. while I was going through school, right? And a guy sitting beside <laughs> me in class was a little bit older. He said, I have an idea. Because we knew how hard it was to get a job in radio. He said, what? This is before the internet, really. So he, I don't know how he got these plans. But he built a transmitter which is essentially illegal. He built the radio transmitter. He then, an entrepreneur, went to the mall around the corner in a rough part of town, went to this mall and convinced the people who run the shopping mall to let him take over their PA system during Christmas. He used his illegally built and really like- I love it. transistor or transmitter, sorry. Set it up there. So basically you could hear us in the mall in the parking lot of the Albion Mall, and maybe you could hear us across the street by the library. Maybe. And he then says, okay, so now I've sold these guys on a show, on, on, on a radio station. Uh, now I need people to host it. So he came to me and he said, would you be a DJ for me? And I said, sure, how much money? He said, no money. I said, I'll do it anyway. And, <laughs> and then what he did was he went to the different stores in the mall and said, if you give me like X amount of dollars, it was nothing back then, like $20, right? Um, right, you know, right. the DJ will, you know, play a Wilson Phillips Christmas song. Cause that's what we had to play was all Christmas music. And then, um, I would say, by the <laughs> way, if you, uh, in, uh, aisle B right now, Hallmark cards are having a sale on whatever's uh, Christmas card. If you're there in the next half an hour, you'll get them for 20% off, whatever that was. <laughs> this guy was the first entrepreneur that I met. Right. Uh, and, uh, Martin Fisher. And were you fascinated by it then? I was because Martin Fisher was a guy, his name was Martin Fisher. He, ch he changed his name to, I think, Evan, no. Alexander Holyfield or something like that, named after his kids. And he um, he was an older guy, not older by anybody's standards, but I was 20 in college. He was probably- yeah, right. He was older than you. Yeah, he was like 27. And so he, <laughs> he had a family and he had, so he had to make money, whereas I was just trying to like figure it out. And so he, right. I watched him build this radio station and I became his announcer. And that was 25 years ago this summer. And that wasn't that wasn't a legal radio station. I remember in the early '90s when the internet. Uh, so, like, this is probably four years after that. The first ever internet radio station in Canada um, was starting to launch, and my friends and I we went and worked there. So we started for free. We started to create shows. We've always wanted to be a part of, you know, the mm -hmm. the, the, the slogan that we have is we're two weeks ahead of our time. You don't want to be mm -hmm. too far ahead of your time, but you want to be just I two weeks. It. And we spent a lot of time working on that. And this Apple show was no different. It, it was a whole new like language we need to learn. It was a whole new um, uh, 
you know, delivery method we needed to learn. You know, for the longest time, when you come from traditional media, what you're thinking of is you got to make the broadcast date. So how many people are going to watch you on the on the night you go to air? But in this new reality, for us, it's less about oh, an opening weekend and it's more about a tour. We have a year to build right. an audience in each project. So all this new stuff I love. And it's it's part of the thinking that I had right back to the beginning of radio college. And that started 25 years ago. Yeah, I love it. You know, one of the things, George, that I love what you referenced there, and uh, you, you, uh, you did tip over to the entrepreneurial world, where where you, I see a lot of startups. The way they get people involved is to sell, is to sell the story, sell the journey as to where we're going. And you do, you get so many people who will just do it because they just want to be part of something that's going to be so epic, so cool, that's so out of the box that they say they'll they feel they're missing out if they don't partake in it. And, and you really did that well yeah and you know the other part is and because i you know i come from a particularly economically disadvantaged um background and and neighborhood and all that like what when i was driving a forklift uh at for a cargo company at the airport i think i was 18 19 at the time uh maybe even 17 you know you lie in your application to get the job you get the job you drive a forklift (laughs) i'd never done that before but i needed to make some money right i was paying for college and also you know you want to eat um but what happened was I was working with a bunch of dudes who were a lot older than me, you know, married men, married for 20 years with their kids. It was a very male dominated place. Um, and their right. kids, and these guys hated their lives. Like I'm telling you, cracking beers at 10 o'clock in the morning, gambling, which is all fine, but they were just, you could see, you could feel that this job was not what they wanted. Right. And right, very early, right. I thought, wow, I do not ever want to feel trapped to my detriment, man, to my de- detriment, Rivers, because I won't do anything that makes me feel like I'm trapped now. And I'm in my 40s. I should know better. But from a very young age, it was like, I don't want to be a part of the wheel. I don't want to be part right. of that, 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 that climb to nothingness, because I listened to enough punk rock to know that the government wasn't there for you and the company was going to lay you off anyway. They don't care. They give you this false sense of loyalty. Uh-huh. giving you a stupid pin after 20 years and then you're out the door. And I knew that then uh-huh. that, that this was also shitty. <laughs> I just didn't want to be a part of it, you know? And, um, and, and, and I found a creative world now granted, you know, media and corporate media is just as it can, it can be just as inspiring and just as soul sucking as any job, but it was just a different, it was just a different path. And, and I didn't want to be part of that other thing. So I wanted to be around the exciting things because, you know, who knows how long I'm going to live. But at least right. I filled my time up doing something interesting. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and that's where you kept that was your driving heart. You not only looked at your head, but you looked at your heart and okay. soul along the way. Do you um, you know you, there's that there's that that bridge between being an entrepreneur and being entrepreneurial, and maybe you're a bit of both. Can you kind of talk about that thought process of who you are as George the entrepreneur, or are you George the entrepreneurial guy? Because you mentioned creativity, and I I always we always kind of connect creativity with with uh, with entrepreneurship, innovation, and so on. Can you talk to that a bit? Yeah, certainly. I don't think. I had never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I, um, I do, I, I, you know, based on the definition, I certainly am entrepreneurial. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I kind of live the pirate life. You know, you'd be a bit of a renegade and you try to do things yeah. on your own terms as much as possible. For me, it was always punk rock. I just assumed I was being punk, you know? And, um, what I've realized though, is that, that, that in my career, as lucky as I've been, I've spent so much time being entrepreneurial, but inside a, an environment where I'm still technically, you know, not an employee, but you kind of have the employee mindset that right, right. that's hard to break. And I've been doing right. that over the last couple of years, like working really hard to learn how to get the best out of myself and, and, and have the team get the best out of me and me get the best out of them. But, but be entrepreneurial, but not to think like an employee to think more like the, you know, the sky is the limit. So what, what shall we do? You know, and it's actually right. a, it's a lot harder. Right. And people, are kind of, I think, kind of get down on themselves when they can't find their way through or they feel like they don't, that they, well, I can't be like so-and-so or I can't be like so-and-so. But I'll tell you, man, after interviewing all these people, they all felt the same way. You know, yeah, sure they did. Everybody, like that, everything is easy and everything is difficult. Just the real art in this life, Rivers, is just to do it. Just do it. Yeah. And I've had to teach myself and with the, the guys I work with and the girls I work with, we've, like, we've all learned with each other to kind of like, well, what can we do? Let's do it. The thing I like the least is when I get reasons why things won't happen. I just don't, I don't respond to it. I understand why it happens, why people say that. I don't respond to it. Because it's like, well, what's the well, point of trying anything then? 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. Well, look, it's such an, really another interesting point of being an entrepreneur is that whole area of teamwork. And, and obviously, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a big part of that soul part of you that says, let's do it. How do you, how do you work with teams, your team now, even on making sure that one, they understand this is what's going to happen, but two, they continue to be focused in on that, pe- that, that, that entrepreneurial piece of just doing it. You know, uh, it's the hardest part of the job. Hmm. It is the hardest part of the job because uh, at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're, everybody has different realities and different brain chemistry and it's, you know, getting everybody to kind of do one thing is challenging. And the thing, what's cool about that is and why I think that's okay is not all your ideas are going to work. So you want to have people around you who have better ideas than you have, you know, and you have to do the work as well to kind of help understand them. But trying to get everybody on page on a page is just, I mean, if I had the answer to you to that, I'd give it to you, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's always been, the, it's always been the most, uh, the biggest challenge, uh, for me because I approach this world like an artist, right? So I don't really care. I'm, I'm just, yeah. everybody's going to work the same way. I, nobody ever has to prove anything to me. I don't, I'm not that kind of guy. I, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to motivate a team because I'm of the opinion that at this level you should self-motivate, you know? Right, right, so, right. And that doesn't drive well with most people who have employee attitudes, employee mentality. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, yeah. and much to their credit, a lot of people just want a simple life. Go to work, go home, watch Netflix, go home, whatever, you know? Like that's what a lot of people want. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, there isn't. But I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy for that, you know? And so it's... Uh, yeah, I'm very lucky that I work with people who are as motivated uh, and who are as creative and who are as, as curious and who are smarter than me. So I'm, you know, you have to surround yourself with those people. And then you have to know when to listen to them and know when to just trust your own instincts. Right, 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 right. Let's kind of, let's kind of uh, segue into that big, one of the big falls you've had. One of those you say, holy shit, that just happened. Now I'm in freaking trouble. And uh, can you talk about one of those experiences in your life? It doesn't matter where in the last 25 years, doesn't matter to me, but, and uh, you know, how did you, how, how has that helped you get to where you are today? Well, uh, here's the complicated thing, Rivers. I never think of it that way. I don't know. Like mm. I've had shows that have worked and shows that have, haven't worked, but I come from like real life where I've had enough real life stuff happen to me that is so right. much more important than anything that could happen in my career. I just don't sweat it. Like I learn from, I learn from my mistakes. I have regrets for sure. I've, you know, I turned down a job once that I, I, uh, cause I didn't really trust the people who are making it. Um, but it was a huge opportunity, huge. And I didn't trust the people who gave, offered me the job. And at that time in my life, I didn't want to work for people that I thought were jackasses. So right. I, I turned the job down. Now I kind of sit back and go, ah, I probably should have taken that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. But there's a little part of me that's like, ah, you know, that, you have these moments, you have to draw boundaries, right? So that's a, that was yeah. a mistake for sure. I won't tell you the name of the show yet, but one day I will, um, because they know who they are when I say they were jackasses. Um, 
But <laughs> George, that's a weak answer to only say, I, I wish I hadn't done taken that job. We're looking for colossal stuff here, man. <laughs> and that's you what want, you give us. <laughs> in my career, the truth is like, you know, I've said dumb things on the on TV and radio. I've taken jobs that did not work at all, but none of them felt like a colossal failure. I had somebody walk right. up to me and say, you know, in an interview and talk about hockey night in Canada. And I was like, there wasn't a failure to me. Like, not on any level was it a failure. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but who cares? Like, I'm a grown-up yeah, about cares? this, and I yeah. I know how this business works. And I also know all the reasons why behind the scenes something doesn't work, you know? So uh, people uh, on the surface uh, tend to look at a failure based on their uh, – it's through their prism, right? But they have very little information relative to what you would have if you're in that situation. So, right, right. But again, like I said, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a tough guy to work with in terms of, like, I'm pretty demanding, and I want – you know, and I, I have expectations of that everybody's in it for the same reasons, of course. So that's not always a helpful situation. But like I'm not I'm not a terrible person, but moreover, I'm not a jerk and I'm not arrogant about this. And I think when you fail, a lot of the time or when you are declared a failure for something, a lot of times mm. the failure is based on how people or or something will perceive you. Right? Hundred percent. I, I just mm -hmm. don't I just don't care. And I listen, I come I grew up in a really rough neighborhood, man. So the things that I was worried about was not getting my head knocked in every day. You know, that was yeah. like significant like fear management from a young age. So if I do a show and somebody in the Globe and Mail doesn't like my show and writes an article about it, I don't even like whatever. It's just yeah. it's just taste. I support everybody's right to make a living the way they want, but I just can't I look, don't get me wrong. I'm a human being. Things piss me off. I go through all those, of course, but largely I don't, I don't worry about it. Cause I just assume that, you know, we'll be fine. Whatever it is we're going to do next, we're going to do next. I've always had a lot of faith in, um, in the, you know, in the grace of the grace of the universe, you know, the grace of the market to kind of yeah. help you find yeah. your way. Um, but you know what, for 25 years, I put my head down, I work like crazy and I made it very difficult for people to put me in a position to fail, you know? So, so here's a question for you and we're heading into the home stretch. Your own or respectfully your time no, that no, you've no, given no, to us no, today. No, as long as I've, long, I've got, okay, cool. Is, is this whole aspect, I mean, people are, people are listening right now, coast to coast. And you know, we, I'm pretty proud of the audience that we put together over the past year. You talk about team. I got an epic team also, but you talk about, you talk about this aspect of, I just don't give a shit. And, and I know you give a shit, but you, you know, really the, you don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. So what do you say to our audience though? This is, but man, you're George, you're George Strombo. That's easy for you. How do, how do, how does the quote unquote average startup that's, you know, hustling and bustling their first five years in business, practice that whole approach to, to life so that they can, they can get through it and move on. Is there, is there a, well, a way that you'd suggest they practice it? I'll put it to you this way. I got into radio because I was working at a movie theater and right next door to me was a, an adult learning center at Humber college. And I wanted to get a motorcycle license and that's where you had to pay your fee to get a motorcycle license. So I went and I paid the $213 it would cost to get a motorcycle license and they handed me a course calendar and I opened it up and I saw radio. My, that's mm. it. That's the beginning, dude. My family's biggest goals <laughs> for me were to be a bus driver for a living or a streetcar driver so I could get in the union and sit down. Like, I come from a very blue collar background. There was absolutely no reason whatsoever. There was no indication whatsoever that this was going to be my career path. So when people say that's okay, it's easy for you because you're you, it's like, yeah, I mean, you only see to me now. Yeah. You don't know yeah. what, you don't know what this took. Um, and, and the, it's, and it's not a sacrifice, right? That's the other thing. People get kind of woe is me and they're like, oh, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Sacrifice is when you give something up for, with the expect, expectation of nothing in return. This is not sacrifice. This is investment. I made, right. I made choices. I don't have a family. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have that, right? I made a choice mm -hmm. that I was going to go for it, whatever it would be. So if people complain, oh, I can't do it all, it's like, well, no one ever promised you it all, right? Mm -hmm. No one ever promised you shit, in fact. Um, right. But what, they, what you do have is the opportunity to try. Right. And that's all I do is I just try to do stuff and I try to push myself all the way. So people who, who, who see people who are successful, they never really know what it took to get there. And, and for, to be honest with you, most of what it takes to get to a successful position, uh, would make the skin peel off most other people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because, because yeah. honestly, you work, as you know, doing this, 
the work, yeah. the, the hours, the commitment, the all that. And then, you know, again, it's, I have a very, very, I'm very lucky to be in this line of work, but then the whole public aspect of it, there's a, sure. there's a lot that goes into this line of work that, um, that I feel like, you know, you never earn it because you're con because to earn is to assume it's finished. Right. Right. You know, you're constantly earning. But what I've done in my head is I've had a big paradigm shift, which is I don't really like, I'm not really trying to, you know, you're not building something, you're, you're doing something. You know, yes, we want to build a company and yes, we want to build an idea and we want to build out. But the mindset for us is to be very much in the present. Now, that's how my brain chemistry works. A lot of the people listening to your your, your show, their brain chemistry works differently. I'm not type A, like not at all. A lot of startup people are type A. A lot of successful business uh, leaders I know are sociopaths. They're not all dangerous, but they're definitely sociopaths. (laughs) So you have to kind of get the most out of your brain, your brain chemistry that, that you can. But at the end of the day, there's zero magic to this, and there's mostly hard work and a bunch of luck. Like you need the grace of others. People who have no reason to give you a chance have to take a chance mm-hmm. on you. And mm-hmm. that's why ego is the dumbest thing in the world to me. People say, oh, you have to have a little bit of ego. I'm like, no, man, ego's a rock. Ego's a mm-hmm. rock that will bring you down as you swim across this river. Confidence is not the same thing as ego. And right. uh, I'm very confident because not that I'm confident that I'm going to get it right all the time. I'm just confident that whatever happens, I'll be fine. And, you're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah you're going to be okay. That's my, my thing that people think. Well, you know, as you're talking about that, I am in, uh, you remember, you know, the coach Rick Pitino of the head coach of Kentucky right. uh, basketball team. I, I remember when I was a kid hearing him say, and that's what really enlightened me with what you just talked about. He had just won the NCAA championship and they said, coach, how do you feel? How do you feel? He says, nowhere near as great it was to get, to get here, to get that journey to get here. And yep. it always reminded me of, always remember we're in the present. So I appreciate that comment. Now, do you remember though, I, you remember it was, I don't know how many years ago it was. It was, um. Oh gosh, I felt like it was almost it was twenty years ago when uh, Rick Pitino was so successful in college, and he goes to the Boston Celtics, right? And remember the Boston yeah. Celtics that year he went had two draft picks that could have got them in the top, which would have included Tim Duncan, right? Oh wow! And the Celtics didn't get I think one or two. I think they got three. I can't remember what year they drafted, but they didn't get Tim Duncan. And Rick Pitino right. went there. You got to know that he went there. One of the great college coaches in history, and he went there, and it didn't work in Boston. Right. It didn't work. So, you know, and, you know, this is a guy who had his career, you know, of course, uh, you know, the ACC loved him, but yeah, of course, but he got bad luck with the draft, literal, like actual bad luck when the ball didn't roll your way. Uh, and, and, and and where was the great, where was the great coach? Freaking ping pong ball. It was a ping pong ball. So, (laughs) so like that's Rick Pitino, man. So it's it's like, that's the thing about this game. You know, you, you take a look at all the U2 albums that work and, which YouTube albums didn't work. You take a look at the fact that I was just watching this documentary series on Dr. Dre. You know, Dr. Dre, before he found Eminem, uh, or Eminem found him, he had, uh, you know, two real flop of a records. And it's like, that's the thing. David Bowie put out a lot of records that people didn't like before, but look at how yeah. much he's, 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 he's lauded. Um, our, our generation, for what my generation, and, and, and younger, I think maybe perhaps older as well. I'm, I'm a little older than you. I was in university in 89. So. There you go. So I went to college in 1990. Uh, one, right? So we're pretty close. Yeah, yeah, so pretty close. The idea, the idea is that everybody feels like they have to prove something. And yeah, I don't know totally. if that's from your parents or wherever that comes from, or, but I don't. And I've never felt that way. Um, my, like I said, when I remember my college, my high school grades were so bad that one day my mother looked at me once in like <laughs> from grade seven to grade 13, once she said, so I got your report card. Are we going to have to talk about this? And I said, no, man, I don't, I don't care. And you know it. And she said, you should. And I said, yeah, but I don't like that is the, my mother put a lot of pressure on me to be a decent human being and put nice. no pressure on me, uh, to build a career like none, but lots of pressure to conduct myself with dignity, with honor, with humility. So nice. that to me is, I think the, the, the biggest get, and that's luck. I got lucky that my mom was so rad. You know, I come from yeah. a single parent home and my mom was so amazing. Oh, uh, wow. She had yeah. no education. She was, a, at the time, I think she was a cocktail waitress and her, you know, and, and you know, it was a great job and, you know, she'd bring home tips and that's how we would eat. But it was always about do the work to be a better person. Don't you worry about that other stuff. If you're a good person, things will happen. Well, and that's not exactly true. Things don't always happen. Good people get screwed lots of times. Right. But I, I felt no pressure then and I feel no pressure now. The only pressure I feel now is if I'm, 
if I'm not living my truest me, if I feel like I'm doing something that I just like, why am I doing this yeah. shit? I shouldn't be doing this. You know, that's what I feel. Yeah. Like. High five through the ears on that one. That's, that's so cool. Is your mom still with us now? Yeah, she's, yeah, my mom's still with us. She's just a uh, really awesome. Uh, she was only, I think 18 or 19 when she got knocked up with me. A fundamentalist yeah. Christian, real young woman doesn't have, yeah. we don't agree on the religious thing at all, but we have a good laugh every time we, we talk to each other. I um, bet you do. You know, she's a good, yeah. you know, that's the thing, right? Again, I, I don't have kids, so I don't. I would never pretend to say, here's how you should raise your kids. But here's what I do know. I've interviewed most of your kids you know, over the years. I've interviewed people <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. and see patterns, <laughs> absolutely yes. see patterns. And the happiest ones are the ones that have a life of love. And the least happy ones are the ones that had a ton of pressure put on them. Because your human yeah. brain isn't built for that kind of pressure. I don't think so. Um, and uh, that's just based on the experience I've had interviewing people, you know. Well, talking about pressure and uh, and uh, then then I, as kind as you are, I do still, I still want to respect. Uh, by the way, what are you doing tonight? Because you just came home from uh, from from LA, I think you said. Yeah, that's right. What's 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 a personal side that George's going to do tonight? Sit back, relax. No, no, I wish. What I'm doing right now is I'm looking at my. Um, well, actually, the truth is, I'm going to go to the gym, and then when nice. <laughs> I need that for my brain more than anything, though, bro. I need it for my brain. But no, I'm actually talking to you right now uh, upstairs in my house. Um, cool. On the same system that I, 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 I do the radio show on. So uh, we're, our oh, radio nice. show is in, in, nice. in, in our summer break right now, but every now and then I'll pop a new show on. So I'm just going to open the program up and I'm going to look and see if I can find inspiration um, and make a show. I've been away for a while and I'm only in Canada right, for right. or so and I got to take off to go back. So I, I'm going to do a little bit of radio, I think, but, uh, and also we're working on a new, a couple other projects. Our company is expanding into a couple other areas. And so you know, Brilliant. so Brilliant. We're, we're doing um, we're doing some of the setup and the research and the prep on that. I got to work on a deck for another deal that we're trying to cut, which takes our our live music show and expands it to an even bigger kind of touring thing. Love it, pushing the edge, just doing it. Well, talking about pressure, and I promise you, this is the last question because well, I could talk forever. I, I but... Keep going, man. My gym, my gym closes <laughs> okay, at eight. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So you know, you've done a lot of stuff from that in the in the social impact side of life in this, you know, we're talking about pressure and, you know, the, uh, the kids that are out there right now, you know, the ones that are happiest in your experience, the ones that are loved. And, and I was definitely loved. Um, and the ones that are, are that really don't work are pressured. How is your, what is your feeling? I mean, you, you, you know, you've done, uh, you know, the, the, not, you've been the national ambassador, first, first Canadian national ambassador against hunger for the UN's world food program, uh, helped Canada for Haiti, raise more than $20 million. Um, what's, what do you feel is the obligation or pressure that businesses, entrepreneurs should have at any time in their career for helping to give back that have that social impact? Here's another example of where I'll be very unpopular with some people, Rivers. <laughs> I think it is your absolute responsibility. This idea that you know people say, oh, you have to be true to yourself. No, that is not true. You have to be right. true to us. You know, you right. have to be you got to be there for others, especially if you've been given the gift to kind right. of make a living at something mm -hmm. you love. People who run businesses get so many tax breaks, so many. And the bigger the company, the bigger the tax break you generally You're get. Right on. Yep. You know, give something back. Be better. Be stronger. You know, one of the organizations I work with, which is uh, Prince Charles's uh, Charities, it's the Prince's Charities in Canada. One of, the, okay. uh, one of the reasons I lined up with them was because my old neighborhood, uh, or one of them I used to live in in Toronto, was called Rexdale. And Prince Charles, who I'm certain has never been to Rexdale, him and his, <laughs> but but maybe he has his his people, like his great organization in Canada, identified that there are certain neighborhoods where it would be really, really good, and powerful, and impactful if you could help show kids how to get a job. But what I mean is, what's an interview like? What's an right. interview process like? How would you even begin to apply? Like, you know, those grassroots sorts of things? This yeah. is the kind of work that, that, that he's doing. And they came to me with that. And I'm said, I'm most certainly going to be a part of this. Um, cause it's your responsibility to, you know, you, right. you have to be there. I think you have to be there for other people. And if you've been blessed or, or lucky or however you roll to not be betrayed by your brain chemistry, to not get a, a bad charge from a stupid mistake when you were a kid by a cop and suddenly you've lost your right to work in this. You know what I mean? If you just, yeah. even if you got one of those records, there's, there's so many people out there who are doing meaningful work. You should be, you should, you know, we should follow their leads. And I think that right, social right. activism to me is just, is, is not anything that it's like, not like I'm doing anything extra. It's just part of my DNA. My mother is a missionary. Like this is, 
I don't do it under the auspices of the Lord. That's not my thing. But um, right. but I respect anybody who who gets out there and fights for others. You have to be a voice for the voiceless and protect those who need protection. And moreover, you have to be an ally for those who need an ally. You just have to. You know, you look around the world. So much, so many of I, you know, because one of my biggest pet peeves, and I get this a lot on my on my social media, is I'll post something. Yeah. Um, about like, hey, we're we're you know we're 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 trying to raise money for this church or this not church, sorry, this hospital or this whatever, you know, or we're trying to you know there's been a flood here, or we're trying to raise money, which is all meaningful work. Lots of people do it, but on my page, I I just the thing I hate the most is these jagoffs will write there on a comment and they'll say, I'd prefer to give at home. I was like, okay, well, first of all, it's a very narrow view of the world because most <laughs> of the most of the global South, most of the countries that are impoverished are generally impoverished because they were, um, uh, you know, their backs were broken by colonies, right? Colonizers. Right, so, right, so nobody's right. innocent here. Um, and, you know, like our country has played a role too. But the other part is, well, then what are you doing? Like, okay, so, you, so when people comment now, I'm like, I look forward to seeing your project. Like, what are you doing? This idea mm-hmm. that, oh, I'd like to give at home. Then give at home. Yeah, give <laughs> at home, then give. Yeah. Do something. You know? yeah, yeah, right we, on. A lot of people are pretty negative, and a lot of people are just kind of caught up in the what was me version of life. And, you know, much more, you know, I got no beef with them. I got more power to them. But I'm not, I, I want to be over here with the people who just want to be together, you know, doing yeah. stuff. Like, listen, I, I do, I have bands play in my house. That's not social good. You know, I like having bands in my house. But, right. but, but if you can have bands in your house and if you can talk about meaningful things and you can help people see that they're not alone, then why wouldn't you do that? And so yeah. with social activism to me, that's the thing that's really important to me, which is like, let everybody know they're not alone. And there's lots of ways to show them that. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, it kind of reminds me of the Kevin, I love a quote that Kevin Spacey it says, uh, when you make it, it's your obligation to send down the elevator and uh, bring people back up with you. And I, I think Dude, that's so true. Listen, man, unless if you get profile or celebrity, what it is, is a, it's a white hot light that people shine on you, right? Your mm-hmm. job, you want to survive this truthfully. And all of the people I've interviewed over the years, the ones who truly survive that white hot light on them are the ones who learn how to deflect it to the areas of the room that need the light. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you leave it on you, you're going to burn, man. And Mm. the best celebrities Mm. I know are the ones that are out there about something. So to me, it's deflect that light to the place where the the light is needed. You'll be fine. Wow. Wow. Are you working on your legs or your arms tonight? You know what, dude? High impact (laughs) interval training. But you want to know my secret to this, which will, you know, because I watch a a lot of guys. I'm a Tom Brady fan, so it's got to be better than him. Well, it won't be that good. But, um, (laughs) You know, but, but listen, here's the thing. The difference between my workout and Tom's is I don't, I don't cheat. Is that fair? <laughs> is it, <laughs> I, don't have anybody, I don't have anybody filming my competition from the stands <laughs> or deflating that work medicine ball. <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> that hurts, yeah. man. That hurts. I feel it. Listen, I, I grew up a fan of the Washington Football Club. Um, okay. <laughs> No, yeah, well, no, the, today is a full body day, but my secret to working out is because I really want to be a, a more empathetic human being is when I work out, I won't, I don't generally listen to high intense music. I listen to right. really emotional, thoughtful podcasts so that I'm on the verge of breaking down and crying every time I'm working out so that while I'm working my body to exhaustion, I'm working my mind to exhaustion as well so that nice. I can kind of build up that emotional quotient. That's a huge part of, um, of how I want to push myself. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's one ACDC song over and over again, but mm-hmm. largely it's not. So uh, our audience, as we close off, well, was going to be, they, would be, they would be really pissed off with me if they didn't ask, George, what's one of those podcast shows that you suggest we listen to to get that same level of deep down crying that you're going to do in the gym tonight? I, uh, I listen to Radio Lab, Ben. Radio yeah. Lab is my favorite podcast in the world. My favorite, it's a radio show, but it's my favorite one uh, in the world. I've also listened to this one, um, which I, it's actually it's a startup one as well. I think it's called the Startup. Okay, uh, it's Startup a, it's, Canada National Podcast Show. Well, of course, right? That's why I agreed. Uh, <laughs> Why else am I going to do it? So there's one that talks about how business, like they take. Right now, I'm listening to this uh, this one, which is all about how Dove Charney. Uh, you know, Dove Charney was kicked out of American Apparel and a lot of the controversy around Dove Charney as Dove Charney, who built this enormous fashion brand, um, as he is now trying to rebuild. One of the episodes was two-parter on this social media site called Friendster, how Friendster blew it 
And Friendster really paved the way for MySpace and Facebook. Uh, and right. we live in the social media world, but a lot of people forget that Friendster was where it started. So it was all right. the people involved in the startups talking about it. Uh, and so um, here, I'm going to pull it up on my phone right now so I can give you the title of it. Um, but okay, it is, cool. it's the podcast that I, so that I've been listening to a lot because I love, um, I love, you know, people just experts talking about, you know, what they went through. Um, my podcasts are right here. Yeah, it's called Startup Podcast. And if I can recommend another one, do you mind if I sure. recommend another one? Absolutely. There's one called, it's called Ear Hustle. Ear Hustle is a podcast done in San Quentin prison. And it's done. I heard about this. Yeah, dude, it's done by the inmates of San Quentin. And it is an incredible look inside oh. the world, the prison system. So I just started listening to Ear Hustle and I am loving it. This is the second time in no word of a lie, three weeks that I've heard this. That's the universe talking to me. I'm going to start listening to it. George, uh, dude, keep being epic. Go get healthy. Stay healthy so that you're around a long, long time and keep uh, serving your magic to us. We're lucky to have you in Canada and, and doing your stuff. And thanks for being on the Startup Canada show. Very kind, Rivers. I really appreciate you having me on. Please say hi to everybody for me. I will, sir. Take care. Bye. Have a good night. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Ann Whalen, CEO of Seafair Capital, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. When you talk about expansion, uh, you know, you can bring in the word scaling as, as part of that. How do you how do you embrace uh, with Seafair Capital uh, the scaling of your companies? Is it, uh, you know, now that you've had this uh, look inside and say, I can't stay within this runway, I've got to, I got to go outside. Is there a specific strategy now that you're adopting with the with, uh, with principles around scaling? Yeah, uh, so there's two parts to that, I guess. The first one is you have to approach that with a, a strong sense of self, but a, um, a, a humility uh, that you may not be able to do it all. You know, that's, that's one of the things. You can't scale if you're not prepared to give up being the best person at something. Uh, you know, that's, that is, I think, a fatal mistake that uh, many people do. They try to keep, you know, keep a hold of everything, and, and you can't do that. Like, the people that I have in my organization now, I was like, you know what? We need to get better at that. Um, who are we going to get for that? And that's been part of how we've been able to scale so far. And then, you know, sort of lassoing that ambition into strategy, that's... Um, we, we got an executive coach for part of that. Uh, we've used um, scaling up the gazelles model. There are a lot of those out there, which are really, you know, just kind of um, strategic plan, planning models that help us stay disciplined. And so we've, we've tried to um, bake that discipline into our organization. This year, uh, we're looking at the advisory board. I mean, I'm a, I'm a corporate director on a couple of boards myself, and so I know the value that they bring and the discipline that they bring to your leadership team. And so, you know, I, I would be a proponent of that as well. We're just organizing ourselves to make that happen. So um, I can't, though, uh, underestimate how important it is to um, to build in some sort of process for planning, because if not, you know, you're this... Uh, it, like most entrepreneurs, I suppose, I might come up with a whole new plan tonight and come in with it tomorrow and we're madly off in all directions. So, you know, that that is great when you're when you're growing from that first nugget of your business. But once you get to a certain size, that doesn't translate well through a couple of layers of management and you can find yourself really frustrated. So, you know, that's been very, very helpful for us.